podcast presented by Party Fish Media, a showcase of the best emerging filmmakers under the age of 25 from all over the world. Film starts here at Nifty 2022 in Seattle, Washington, our 15th anniversary edition. My name is Dan Hudson. I am the executive director of the festival, and um, I'm also one of the programmers, um, and I love to get the opportunity to meet and talk with our filmmakers. I'm so excited to be on the podcast today talking to Chelsea from Searching for the Wave. So please introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Chelsea Muscat. Um, I'm based in New York, but originally uh, from the island of Malta. From the island of Malta, I wanted to kick it off there because um, I, I geeked out a little bit because one of my favorite films I saw this past year. And Lutsu? I actually booked it from a theater. You know a film I'm going to talk about? Luzu? Lutsu. Lutsu. Okay, yeah. I mispronounced it. Thank I'm you. I'm friends with the director. You are? Okay, yeah. awesome. I'm super, I'm super curious, like... Because I know that that was kind of a, a, a bigger deal that that, that film got mm-hmm. so well received. Um, so yeah, what, what's the filmmaking scene like in Malta? Do you say would you say that like Maltese cinema like like has any sort of like analogs to like any other like sort of traditions or schools mm. like European or otherwise? Uh, I think that's a really great question. I think, well, they're trying to like really bring the industry in there. And there's a lot of Hollywood films that uh, are shooting there. Like right now, Ridley Scott is shooting there. My friend is an extra in in the films. Um, But I think the Maltese film industry is like really prioritizing like out foreign people coming in because it produces more money. Mm -hmm. And there's actually been some backlash because they just hosted like the first ever Maltese uh, film awards and they spent a lot of money on this. Mm -hmm. Um, So the actual people who who make cinema, who make like independent stuff, were kind of angry because the budget or like the public grants um, that are available to people are smaller doses of, you know, funds. So they were, there was a lot of, um, what's what's the word? Lashback against yeah. and against this award, um, but the director of Lutsu, he's actually we have similar background. So a lot of Maltese people, especially I'm from the smaller island of Gozo, mm-hmm. um, they immigrate to New York or to any other English speaking because we were colonized by England. So everyone knows mm-hmm. English. Um, so yeah, they they immigrate over here. Um, so I feel like yeah, Alex, the director, he also had like the similar background, and he actually went to school with one of my professors, okay. and that's yeah, and that's how we had like this connection. Um, but I think there's a lot of talented independent filmmakers. They just need more opportunity to get their work out, mm-hmm. and I feel privileged to also have ties to America um, and getting made like getting stuff made in that way. And I hope to make a feature film in Malta in the near future, because I, I really, it's, I love it so, so much. Um, and it's also currently being a little bit overdeveloped (laughs) and it's really heartbreaking. You know, you, you mentioned that you're based in New York now. I think you, you went to, um, SUNY purchase. Yeah. And I, I Nifty, we've, we've started to see a few more like films and projects from there. And it seems like a, a school that's like really coming up and I'm wondering like, um, what what that experience is like for you at that is that school like doing it for you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. I think SUNY Purchase has a lot to offer. I think the the motto or kind of uh, idea behind it is like how much can you do with a little, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, because it is a public school and like you know our nicest camera was like a GH five, so we don't we don't have like wide access to a lot of things. I think it's also a kind of program where it's like it, you're gonna get out like out of it how much you put into it um 
I don't know. I used to say, I, I think it used to be a conservatory and now it's changed. So people used to say it was actually better in the day. So I, I'm okay. not sure. I'm Yeah, I'm really not sure. But there's some really talented people out there. I think it's just sometimes a little harder for us to like get into like the next. I don't know. I feel like they we don't have a lot of connect sometimes. Yeah, well, it's not like Tish or whatever. It's yeah, like, uh, like yeah. super deep roots into a bunch of stuff. Yeah. yeah, but there's some really talented people. I mean, I see like the people that are about to graduate now amazing yeah yeah awesome um yes obviously like malta is like um you know really a big part of your filmmaking journey because i was checking (laughs) i was checking out um some of your your earlier work on your vimeo and you're obviously shooting a lot of stuff there um and one of the things that i was really noticing is that like light is like super important to you as a filmmaker um and I'm wondering, like, what is, like, coming from a sunny Mediterranean island, like, how has that informed, like, you as a cinematographer and a director? Um, yeah, that's a really great question. I think, yeah, I'm always noticing natural light because in New York, like, my dad's a superintendent of our building, so we live in the basement. So I never see the light, and it's really heartbreaking for me. And I just lived a year in Malta, like, during the pandemic, and um, I, I, was, I would wake up and spend four hours chasing the sunlight because I was so, like you know enthralled by it um so yeah my like in searching for the wave like i i picked out that specific hue of orange and it was like called sunset something and it it just made sense and like the blues it it just everyone was like oh it reminds me of like you know the sea or like yeah so it's it's very much i i have so much love for malta and gozo because i was ripped apart from it from you know age nine so it's like you never really get over that and Mm -hmm. i think it informs a lot of my work and um, seeing the sea as this metaphor of home and, you know, also being isolated, but also being very healed by it. Um, so yeah, it's very present in my lighting and the sun. The sun is just always trying to emulate it or chase it. Um, I I noticed that your, your work tends to be, um, very poetic or, you know, like essay or I'm not really, Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure. Like, you know, I'm sure very intentionally it's defining, um, uh, defying uh, definition. Um, so yeah, I, but I'm I'm super curious to you. Like, what what is your kind of favorite form to work in? Because um, like searching for the wave is obviously a, a narrative piece, but like it, it seems to have some of these elements in it. Yeah. Yeah. So right. Um, I, I I'm trying to push myself to become a little more like linear in a sense because all my stuff is very memory based or poetic, and I do these poetic things when I have you know no money, no cast, no crew. I'm just like, what can I make by myself? Mm-hmm. And that's what it results in. And I write a lot of things and they end up being in like poetic form, but it's so funny. I always say like, I don't like poetry. I don't get poetry. Um, So I've I've always had this like distaste for it, but then it just comes out in this way. But I think it becomes like a resource thing of of making these things like I'm, oh, I have access to these great locations. Like what can I do with it? And how can I make a story using myself and just my camera and my voice? Well, you kind of touched on this a little bit when you're talking about like those, the warm orange and the blues. but yeah, I mean, that was just, just to myself and the rest of the programming team, like, um, you know, Searching for the Wave jumped out to us as one of the most beautiful films in the festival this year. Um, and so, yeah, I was wondering, like, how, how did you work to achieve that, um, either with your DP or how much of it, like, kind of came together in post? Yeah, that's a great question. I, um, I actually was I, I would sit in a cafe I sat in a cafe for like three months doing pre-production and like you know carefully looking at every shot 
and what I wanted and cross-referencing it with other films and kind of, you know, it's so based off my real life, this whole experience. So it was so important to me to kind of give it that warmth and think about what filters I want to use and what lenses and, you know, what camera and how to get that feeling. But really it's, it's the lighting that makes it. And I worked with uh, my great gaffer, um, and yeah, we, I don't know, I just really, I planned the shot list so, so meticulously and all of the lighting and figured out how to do it or how to be able to achieve it. And I, yeah, I just endless, endless amount of <laughs> sitting hours in a coffee shop right before the pandemic. Well, you totally anticipated my next question because I was like, it seemed like you really like, yeah, you like really storyboarded it or like had like their like lookbook or like whatever, like you knew exactly what you wanted from each shot. That's how, that's how it seemed to come across to me. Um, you know, you, you mentioned that this is, um, like a really, um, personal story and I was kind of like also getting that, um, like just like reading your director's statement as I was like getting ready to talk to you today. Um, and, uh, but it, it's also like, it, it's, it's, to me, it feels like the kind of like the really specific is the universal as well. Um, and cause like I've. I think like I like many other people like whether it's a romantic relationship or otherwise like you have like some relationship that just ends like super abruptly you don't get the closure Mm -hmm. um and so I'm I'm wondering for you like were you able to get any sort of closure like at making this film and like you know it seemed like you were also saying like you kind of like were creating these like narratives um like of like because we have to tell a story to ourselves so if we don't get that closure right so like yeah just super curious to hear about that you know that's a great question and i've been getting that question quite a lot and i think yeah, there's definitely been stages you know like when i first yeah i feel like when i first started making the film it it was i always i feel like end up doing that it's like my audience is that one person that like you know hurt me or something and then as the journey continued it it became more so like yeah this is for me and it's like i ended i ended the film with with the words for you and then for me in bigger Mm -hmm. letters Mm -hmm. um because i i owed it to myself but in terms of closure i feel like I, i still am and it's been a long time and i i hate speaking about it because i feel like, okay, like you should stop thinking about it. But I feel like as humans, our brains are constantly trying to make logic of things. And I feel like if I just saw this person, I'd be like, oh, you're just, you know, like a woman, you know, doing, doing your thing. And, but it's been so mystified in my head because of this like abrupt leaving. And like the last moment I saw this person was so loving. So Mm. then, and then after it became so like clinical, even, even if we did speak, which wasn't a lot. And then it just felt like this complete 180. Um, so I feel like my brain will always wonder, um, you know, what exactly happened, but it's in, it's in a more dormant way. It's not like a, a pressing continuous thing but closure comes in many forms yeah one thing that that always gets to me in films um just just in general and like obviously like this hit me really powerfully in this film in particular is like damaged people opening up their hearts just to be like disappointed again and and like just like kind of like the way in which like intentionally or unintentionally like uh traumatized people can like perpetuate cycles of trauma um and uh i thought the film was very bittersweet and like in the tone of the film um but yeah like you know how much of that like backstory did you like develop with with your cast and Mm -hmm. like how much of it was like off the page but you had to like make sure it was in the performance and stuff because that came through because you know it is a kind of more like poetic film a little right. more open-ended we're not like left with all the answers as to 
what happened, but like it's clear that these are like two people that have had something in their past, like that that they're not able to like actually make that connection and make it stick and make it work. Yeah, that's a really great question. I think right, this whole film is about trying to give myself closure in a way, and uh, I see myself as both characters and the backstory for you know the character whose mom. Uh, was no longer in the picture that's also based off of my real life and my own like childhood trauma so i just i i i put all of my own stuff because i don't know that person's actual reason for leaving mm -hmm. and i think it was also just another way to give myself some kind of closure to something else that has happened and like kind of this cyclical nature of right trauma like you, you know stemming from childhood and then repeating like you said right like being vulnerable and then being disappointed again you know and and you finally are opening up or, or trying to find that um space and you know as a as a kid with with that kind of baggage you become so excited when you finally have some someone to share things with and then yes knife in the heart <laughs> both your um performers gave such incredible mm -hmm. um, performances and it really felt like they you know, you were able to supplant that backstory and kind of give them really rich interiority. So, like, what was... Well, I kind of want to know a little bit of like the, the casting and rehearsal process for this. Yeah, the casting. I did I did a few casting sessions, and um, I I was so grateful. My my lead, Amelie, who plays Faye, she, I like, she messaged me on backstage, and I'd forgotten to respond to her, and I was a little bit nervous because she was German, and the other character was supposed to have, like, this Italian line, so I was like... I don't, I don't want them both to be like from somewhere else. I was like, yeah. maybe that's too much. Yeah. Um, and she had like messaged me back the day of auditions and she was like, are you still doing this? I was like, yeah, sure, come in, you know? She comes in, like hasn't like memorized anything, kills it, like just kills it out. Um, and um, we had to show our casting tapes in class and it was so interesting, like people didn't resonate with her at first and mm. I was like, you guys are all insane. I'm not <laughs> listening to any of you. Yeah. Um, which is crazy because now I, everyone's like in love with her, like, you know, she's so talented and she is, um, she's back in Berlin working. But, um, and then like finding a good on-screen partner was, was a little bit tricky. I saw a good amount of people and then we did chemistry tests and then we i found danielle and um i just remember us me and my other producer sasha we were um doing a casting session and they were like reading a scene together like a really intimate scene and it was the first time they met and i i just remember like hiding behind my clipboard because i was like are they acting right now because it feels so real i was like should i not be seeing this because it felt so real yeah um so i really i was like yeah this is it like i really trusted them and then just bonding with them like becoming friends with them sharing my own personal experiences and and them sharing theirs um we didn't actually have that many rehearsals it, but they just understood like we came to set they knocked it out mm -hmm. we always finished early it was very smooth sailing um and then like when i gave notes they were always very minimal or subtle because yeah. they, they understood it awesome and you did all that prep work so you knew exactly the shots you wanted yeah. so no wonder you were wrapping early yeah i was sending crew home i was like i don't need you guys please just go enjoy yourselves one one piece that like i felt this is my interpretation so you can tell me if yeah, i had this sure. very wrong but like um yeah what was there was Faye what was the other character's name you know I changed her name I, I'm pretty sure I ended ended with Ava in Ava. the end but I'm not even sure because you never actually hear their character names okay well yeah well Ava um she she's she's an artist in the film yes. like a sketch a sketcher anyway and like she sketches um something and she's like this is our relationship yeah. and to me it looks like a schism mm -hmm. like there's like like there's no way for them to like actually be together or, like stay connected or something um 
And I was wondering, like, for Faye, like, did you, like, have an intention of that, like, she just, like, didn't get it? Like, was there, like, a, like, a subtle sign or something? Or, like, even, like, sub, like, subconscious or subliminal or something, like, that there, it was, like, a doomed relationship or something? Yeah, and I, I think the drawings are so dark, but I, I feel like, right, Faye's character was so, like, enthralled in this new relationship that she kind of had her blinders on. She's like, oh, this person is, this is so sweet, you know, and, yeah. and, and there was no red flag. And I, But I think in retrospect, if that character looks back on these, they're like, yeah, this is very telling you know so i think in the moment she she didn't realize because i think she was so excited to just like have this newfound love and and someone that's that is depicting them in in some sort of way so the title of the film um obviously like there's you know there's literal waves um you know at at certain points in in the film but like um you know she mentions it at the beginning and then again like towards the end like that i guess ava's character like tells her the story like diegetically and not just um you know uh, as voiceover, um, and so yeah, I was wondering like um, th- it talks about the wave, but that doesn't like talk about searching for the wave. Like talks about the wave hitting her and mm-hmm. like washing over her and like carrying her along. Um, and so I'm wondering like in the searching for the wave, is that like um, like is she looking for validation of like what she expects mm-hmm. of relationships? Like people are gonna let her down and change and leave, or is she looking for a wave that's like gonna like wash her away and like actually like be that like runaway romance or something like that um anyway i was like i was curious because like searching for the way but like what wave because like it seems like the way that she gets is like the oh like i'm like just drowning in it kind of now yeah i that's a that's a really great great question i think in my head i see it more so like the wave right like Ava says that line to her the wave hits when you least expect and and it's kind of like this moment of like oh I never thought I could feel this way about someone Mm -hmm. so to me searching for the wave is trying to go back to finding that love um and but in in the end she's kind of just lost in this ocean and she, she doesn't know you know she's like kind of drowning and she doesn't know how to get back on that wave to where all of this you know beauty and love existed Awesome. Well, it was a great film. We all loved it here at Nifty, um, and we're hoping to to see to see more from you in the future and follow you. So, um, how could folks like listening to this also do likewise? Like, do you have any like social handles or like websites or anything people can check out? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Sinking Sun underscore like the sunset because I love me some sunset yeah yeah um my website which is chelseamuscat.com and then you know there's links to my Vimeo and stuff and I also have a separate uh Instagram account dedicated to my photo series uh talking about my mother's mental health called story of my mother story of underscore my mother Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here, Chelsea. How was the, f- the festival experience for you? It's been so, so great. Like, everyone is so talented. I'm so inspired. I can't wait to, like, just see the, the closing night. Um, but, yeah, I've met some really great people. I'm so grateful for this experience. Awesome. Well, thanks again for being here. Thank you, guys. You guys were amazing. And thank you for listening. For more information on Nifty 2022 or upcoming events, the talented youth, and more emerging filmmakers, Check out nifty.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at NFFTY or on Instagram and TikTok at Nifty Film. For more podcasts from Party Fish Media, search Party Fish Media wherever you listen to podcasts or check out our website at partyfish.media.
Party Fish Media. Party Fish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliott Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.